As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Oh my goodness, we're back and we have a guest. It is the one, the only, Megan Tonjes. <laughs> Yay! I really do think so many people don't realize what it was like in those early years. Like when you think about it, like what stands out to you as far as like how things have changed? The biggest thing that I take away from it is just we really had no idea what it was going to be. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Overshare, the podcast. I'm Lily Marston here with Jocelyn Davis. Hello, Lily. I like your podcasting voice. Thank you. Is it soothing? <laughs> yes, it is. It really and truly is. Oh, my God. If you guys haven't already, um, do you follow podcasts? Do you subscribe? Subscribe. What? You subscribe. Subscribe. That'd be great. Um, yep. mm-hmm. And if you like it, leave some comments and some ratings. That'd be great, too. Yes, please do. We need you to. In fact, it will help us. Let's kick it off with what we're over this week. All right. So over it. What she said. Okay. So what I'm over this week is something I've always been over, but I feel like is just being like, has a large light shined on it in our current society. And that is just mean people in general. Okay. I was just common decency. Yes. Not having common decency. Listen, I have literally no problem with people having different opinions than me or people wanting to share their opinions with me. But if you don't come at me with kindness, I'm not here for it. I'm shutting down. Do you want to have a conversation with me? A dialogue between two intelligent people that is kind. Okay. Just kind, kind. That is fine. Who was me to you? Do I need to no, beat someone I just, up? Like, I don't even have a space on the internet. I haven't, like, cultivated a space for myself on the internet where people typically feel empowered to come at me in a mean way. But that doesn't really matter. People do it anyways. And I am fully open to engaging in conversation with these people about X, Y, and Z. But don't come at me being mean and then run away when I respond. Let's have a conversation. I would love to hear what you think in a kind, civilized, decent fashion. But don't just come at me and be like, go F yourself or whatever. Like that's not getting anyone anywhere. Like we all need to be more kind to each other because What's your goal? What is your goal with these comments? It's mostly just to get attention, in my opinion. But you get more bees with honey. So if you want to be successful, bring your honey, okay? And then the bees will come. Also, be careful because I watched my girl and what's-his-face died. So there's also too many bees. So don't bring too much honey, just enough. 
The what's end. Ha- what's happening? I don't know. I'm having <laughs> my seventh cup of coffee. My right armpit is sweating, drips of sweat. What are you over? Oh my god. Um, <laughs> I, I, I like. Have you been posting? Were you posting political things? Is that what someone was mean about? Um. No, like I, I would say just in general. Yeah, I have gotten some mean comments um, over the last couple of months in regards to like anti-racism, which doesn't even feel like something that is even up for discussion. Okay. Well, and, and that, it's like, why are a, we even, why is that a, like, it's a what, perfect what segue. negative thing do you have to say about that? Perfect you segue. Know? Because what I'm over is everyone acting like it's super political to say that like people shouldn't die and that like people should have to be held accountable for their actions and like when i see the counter arguments they're never actually counter arguments they're either completely deflecting to something unrelated or they're like what what was it recently that was like um comparing it was comparing like you're getting mad about like police violence, but then all these people are being violent and it's showing like rioting footage or whatever. But I'm like, that's okay. (laughs) I think the thing actually now, like in response to your question about where people are being mean, I've realized, and I don't know if we've discussed this on the podcast or if I've just talked about it a lot in life and with you guys, is that one of the meanest places on the internet is like the 55 and over community on Facebook. And it's not that they're mean to me because like I don't even post on Facebook. My dad is a Facebook influencer. Okay. He posts so much stuff. And his comments are so mean. It's because they don't have, they don't have like internet etiquette. It's so mean since they like, absolutely did not grow up on with computers and talking to people via just digital text i think that they don't like it's like i saw a tweet the other day that was like when your mom really doesn't understand how much it hurts when she just sends k right yes because that's not something like if you read my mom's text sometimes it sounds like she's being either super i mean maybe she is but but it's like she's being super passive aggressive or just like rude but it's not usually that she actually is it's that she just like doesn't understand that that's how it's coming across right yeah so i think that they're one already mean (laughs) and trolls if they're I mean, not your dad, but no, um, not at all. He's like so nice. He'll be like, oh, this really brought me a lot of joy today or something. And people will be like, that's bullshit. Ah!" And I told my mom, I was like, I don't even care. I don't even care. I'm like, anytime one of like anyone on Facebook, it could be my dad's friend or whoever, even if it's like an uncle or something, I'm if you're mean, even not to me, you're deleted. You're out of my realm. You cannot be here. You are not welcome in my space, even if it's on Facebook where I spend zero time. Oh my God. Um, I was, oh, but back to the, I'm over people like the, the arguments against like violence at riots. It's like, well, what about this? And it's like, 
all of those people should be arrested. If you, if someone threw a brick at a police officer, yes, they should be arrested. I don't, I've yet to see anyone be like, no, let them go. Like they were just protesting. No, when people are talking about the protesters and then the people that are throwing bricks at cops, very different groups. So I don't understand when then it's compared to police violence. Cause I'm like, literally all people are asking for is for the cops to be held account. I mean, to stop killing people to begin with, but then to be held accountable. All these protesters are being held accountable when they turn violent. Why are the cops still not being held accountable? And why you know, is that a political thing? That's not political to me. That's like, like human rights. It's like basic like human rights. Interpreting what's happening and being like, that doesn't make sense. So generally what I'm over is being told that things are political when like I have never even been like educated enough in politics to be political, but it's not like it would be, oh, these liberals, these radical left. I'm like, I don't even know what the criteria technically is to be a Democrat. You're like, I just know I'm really radical in general because I love the 90s. I just know that if Donald Trump can't uh, condemn white supremacy during a debate when he's literally like, asked to says he will is given the floor to do so and then still can't say it sorry i don't care who the other party is or what i'll, I'll vote for the other person like they sound better than him and i don't care who it is my brother sent my family chat this meme that was like america's um not gonna have a president for the next term she's just single and needs to work on herself for a while <laughs> i've seen that too and i agree oh my gosh um speaking of over it you guys know, if you've listened to the last handful of episodes of this podcast, that we are now welcoming you into the fold. Yes, you. So please, if you are listening and you want to be on the show, do us a favor and call us at 562-661-8729. Share what you are over in three minutes or less, please. And um, we will listen to you on this show, just like we're about to do right now. Roll the tape. Hi, guys. Huge fan of you both, by the way. Um, I just want to rant over the fact that, especially in a time of a global pandemic, I'm so tired of hearing people say that, I'm using me as an example, I'm too nice. Now, I have coworkers tell me I'm an essential worker, but they tell me I'm too nice to these people. They're saying, you need to lay down the law, show, like, show your assertiveness. Dominance, I think, is the word I was looking for. And they're like, you have to assert your dominance. You're too nice to these people. We are in a global pandemic. Why would I not be nice to someone and show them, hey, listen, I have a job to do, but I care. I care about making sure your needs get met. And what kind of trouble am I causing from being too nice? I don't think that, I don't know whether that's an insult or a compliment. I would take it as a compliment, being too nice. But I'm so over being told that people are being too nice and to do what they need to do in order to survive. We're all going the hell through it. Be nice to people. Be kind. If someone tells you you're too nice, just know I think it's a compliment. So you can never be too nice. Love you guys. Is this my twin sister? What's going on here? This is crazy. Um, I, I couldn't agree more. The only time that that applies, I think, is that like, don't like you're being too nice is if someone is like, 
personally targeting you and right. you're like letting someone walk all over you. I'm now I'm just super curious what you do. Same. <laughs> like, what I, are same. all these horrible mean people doing? Actually, I ought it it could be anything. Uh, I saw recently on Instagram, um, I follow this place. I haven't been there yet, but it's this burger place called Burgers uh, Burgers Never Say Die. Oh, like yeah. I've been seeing people go it there. It looks so good, and I just need to go. <laughs> Can't get it delivered. Um, but they posted a video recently of security footage of people, and they've had to post multiple times on their Instagram stuff about wearing masks because if they've refused to they've like given people refunds and then like sorry we're not going to serve you the people like tried like flip the table and like throw like one person like came back with a burger which like i don't know if it was from another place because like i don't think he ever got it the first time but he comes and like smashes a burger on the table in front of the person and i'm like i'm so dumb fathom it's so being stupid. that angry about something that i need to exert that much like what are you doing like are it's you- like if you could take all that pent-up energy and like use it on something productive you could like probably cure a disease or something right? and I, mean, I will i will say about those the are the people i think that need that <laughs> Yeah, they, need, they, needs they to need to be nicer something. to them. Yeah, That's... but but our caller, first off, thank you so much for calling. But no. and I get critiques like this or have traditionally throughout my life. Now I'm so old, I just don't even care anymore. Um, but the only caveat would be like if people mm-hmm. are walking all over you, if you are being kind and assertive, that's great. But if you're being kind and very passive probably not the best combination. So just make sure, because you could still be, and it's so funny, our our producer, Melissa, and I were discussing this earlier about when people have tried to take advantage of us unsuccessfully. One of my favorite things to say to people on email or in person is, no, thank you. Because it's very polite, but it's very assertive. And they they get so confused. They're like, so no, but thank you. But people just don't know what to do. So I do believe you can be both. And she's right. We are going through a global pandemic. If you can find it in your heart, because not everybody can right now, and that's totally makes sense. If you can find it in your heart to give people a little extra love and kindness, and you have it inside of you to share, go for it. I love that. I'll take it. I mean, that's, I think, even with like dating, one of the biggest turnoffs is when people are rude to workers anywhere Ugh, and like gross I, I don't like and that's just a general rule of thumb so especially during a pandemic when all these people are risking their lives to be literally like serving you like like a cheeseburger or something I, no just be, why say thank you, be, you. yeah just say thank you and move on like and that's like it. what if they're having a bad day and then you're just adding it's you never know what someone's going through you really don't and that is the best takeaway Lil I think that's a perfect way to end it but again If you want to share what you're over, we would love to hear from you. We're getting a lot of phone calls, which is very exciting. The number is 562-661-8729. Leave us a voicemail. Also, tell us your name because like, even if it's a fake name, I don't even care. Like, just tell us a name so we can feel a connection with you. (laughs) Jocelyn, the way you're like sitting with all your microphones and like looking down and stuff, you're like, we're getting a lot of calls. I feel like I I just leave like a board in front of you. It's like lighting up. 
So just full disclosure, if you guys are watching this as a YouTube video, you will notice <laughs> that I'm surrounded by microphones like I'm at a press conference. Jocelyn <laughs> has some like. technical issues pretty much every time we film. So this Who's is surprised? Her. Who's surprised? And I spend... Double bagging this time. <laughs> I spend so much time setting up this flawed production. It's like actually embarrassing. Oh my goodness, we're back and we have a guest. It is the one, the only, Megan Tonjes. <laughs> Yay! I love it. What a great intro. Right? I'm like, <laughs> sorry, I'm tired. <laughs> no, no, but, I love it. It's good. You know, it's so funny. Like today, Lily and I were like, when did we first meet Megan? And I've been, I'm, I'm like a dinosaur on YouTube. Like I've been on YouTube since 2008, which I feel like is like you too right so like i was actually thinking about like the people i remember from like the early days of youtube and like the first vidcons and you you were there like paving the way right what do you remember did you go to like the first vidcon were you there i can't remember if it was the first vidcon or the first playlist one of them i missed the first one I, I get confused because even before playlist and VidCon, I was going to like the 888, the 789. The, what is the, that? I don't even know what those are. <laughs> yeah. So before there were like these bigger conferences that were sort of funded and had people coming in, it basically would just be like a bunch of internet kids saying, hey, on this date, 888, 2008, let's meet in Central Park at this time. <gasps> and then everyone would show up. I think that one was like uh, Ray William Johnson was there, uh, Mitchell Davis, like a bunch of people that have just been around for forever. And uh and it was just early, early days. I think 888 was the first one in Toronto that we showed up and it was a bunch of like the big YouTube people at the time. And it was cool. It was just intimate and small. And it was so early days that everyone was just there for community and to meet each other. I was going to say when it still felt like a community. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's gone through a lot of different transitions. Uh, you know, I remember YouTube before there was a partner program before Google was involved. Oh my gosh, same. It was so crazy. I remember when we got invited to be a part of the partner program. And we were like, we can make money doing this. <laughs> this is crazy. Because it was just like, it was just a hobby, right? Yeah, yeah. It's so wild. It's, oh uh, yeah, I look back at it and I, I don't even think said, I don't think I even said my name in the first 10 videos. Um, <laughs> yeah, what was you your know, first video? I was, it was me, uh, j- I think playing a song that I wrote. I think I've been playing guitar for a few, like, maybe six weeks or six months or something. And I was like, let me put something <laughs> it up and learned it, you know, just over summer. Uh, and I think it was just a bunch of videos like that. And you, it would be like, I would film a bunch of songs I'd written and then I would release a bunch every day. So, I mean, there were the rule, there were no rules. No, By the way, not guys, at all. If you aren't familiar, Megan is a YouTuber, podcaster, extraordinary. She also is a very, very talented musician, which also, Megan, I don't know if you remember this, that the, and Joss says maybe that she had met you before. Or I feel like I must have met you like in the early, the early days, the prehistoric YouTube days. (laughs) But uh, the first time I met you was actually um, because we had gone to Courtney Galliano's MS walk. Oh. At, I think it was at high school in like the Pacific Palisades. Yes. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh. Yeah. And wow. you were performing and we were, we had met Courtney because we did like a dance series on Clever that I was still just a producer <laughs> and absolutely did not participate in. Thank God. <laughs> but um, she was like uh, phenomenal and we went and it was cr- uh, that whole event that she puts on is amazing. I mean, then, what a, what a different world. So cool. What a different world. People hanging out together, all well, together, out in the open. Right? And then we, like, hug out or, like, stayed back afterwards and met you, though. And you Aww. were so nice. 
It's uh, that feels like a million years ago and yesterday. I know. Uh, uh, time it was flies. Probably like two thousand fifteen. I'm yeah. like, that was like last week, right? I, I don't even, what is time? What is day? I have no I idea. It's, it's crazy. It's but I am curious, like you're someone with such unique experience and I feel like I've been on YouTube, but not really like as a YouTuber. I feel like that was like more recent for me kind of to be welcomed into that world because at Clever, it was more of like, you're not a part of this world. You're like covering it and interviewing people and stuff. But even that, even with that, it's so infrequent that I get the chance to talk to people like you who have seen every iteration yeah. of like, I, I really do think so many people don't realize what it was like in those early years. Like when you think about it, like what stands out to you as far as like how things have changed? Is it the community aspect? Is it the fact that there's an algorithm? Oh, is man. it the fact that like now TikTok is a thing? I mean, there's so much to jump into, you know? I, yeah. The biggest thing, the biggest thing that I take away from it is just, we really had no idea what it was going to be. Like, I mean, even down to the, like the username I chose, Tanjus ML, it was like my, my college email. I mean, none of us really had an idea, I think, of what it could become. It was just more of you know, you were, you were adding your MySpace college book, which became Facebook. <laughs> uh, and this was another site that I think a lot of us jumped onto and didn't know how long it would go. And, and it was and, just like um, a username. And it was just, yeah, it was just a username. Like I had no thought about it, obviously not saying my name in the first 10 videos. And it's it very organically became a play. I mean, I kind of grew up as a, as a little bit of an internet kid. Cause I remember us getting a computer and I was really into fan fiction and RPGs and fan videos and yes. these sort of like little unique communities. Um, and did so you have a Zanga? I didn't have a Zanga, but I did have oh. a live journal and I posted okay. lots of things, a lot of Lifehouse lyrics. Is and... any of that still, could you access any of that still? Oh my I gosh. Know. I mean, you know, I don't want to think <laughs> too much. I don't want to think about it too much. I, I don't think I use my actual name. Thank God. That was back in the day of just using random usernames. But, um, you know, it was, it, it, I don't think we understood how long the internet is. And, um, so many of us, I mean, I started when I was 19 on YouTube. So growing up in front of people and then trying to navigate being authentic and, and wanting to have real conversations, but also not giving away too much. I mean, I really started YouTube because I was in school and I was, uh, I was taking a class and we were talking about Foucault and the Panopticon. And, and I was like doing papers on like the net, uh, like the movie, the net with Sandra Bullock. I was like, I don't know what any yeah. of those words are. <laughs> I, was like, I, I got the third one. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Uh, and just, I came into it with a kind of, I, uh, the site on, Oh, there, here are a bunch of people that are giving out their private information in their lives and sharing it. And they have no idea where that information is going and, and how that can be used. And then along me kind of studying it, being interested in it, I got sucked into it just by virtue of <laughs> adding my music to it and then inevitably becoming the thing that I was writing about. So, well, and it's, it's crazy because I feel like in the beginning it was so much more like, I know that when like in high school, I was using it to like, if I made a video, it was to send so someone else could watch it because the video was too big to email. Yes. So it was like to physically, I just needed to share the video and that mm -hmm. was the medium in which you could do so. It was never like, oh, did you check out this person's channel and go watch their videos until I think that I went to college and that's when it all 
happen. I'm like, I should have just skipped college. For God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I mean, I, yeah, it all, it all exploded in the way that, and it, it continues, right? It goes through all these iterations and all these shifts. Well, and and the, the intention goes from, I'm going to share this video with a friend to, I want to be famous. And it's yeah. such a 180 now. Seeing, you know, now you have kids that are growing up saying, I want to be a YouTuber. Um, what do you think of so that? Weird. That, I that? I, I'm like of both minds where I'm both so fascinated by it because, you know, YouTube is a place where a lot of incredible things have happened to me. And I met pretty much all of my closest friends who I live with. I mean, so much of my life has changed because of YouTube and I want that experience for people, but I'm also so grateful. I had a childhood and I had time yes. to kind of in a real life grow a little bit so that, you know, cause this world can get a little you know, it's tied up in the entertainment world now. So it's a little bit all over the place. And so I'm glad I had sort of that foundation um, because there are still struggles I, I, I go through now that there's been enough time where you start to realize, oh, am I sharing these things because I, I feel compelled to share because it's a good thing? Or am I sharing this because I've trained myself to to take my own privacy away, you know, to, um, to look for validation. Am I really looking for community or am I looking for validation? And, yeah. and when you have a lot of yes people around you and you have a lot of other people that maybe haven't gone into that question so much, but are just doing what they've always known to do or what felt good or what worked at a certain time. Uh, it, it requires a lot of introspection and a lot of really hard conversations as you're like in your thirties and you're looking at things you did when you're 19 and you're like, well, okay. <laughs> I'm ha. like, thank God that that is not on the internet. Oh my gosh. I, I right. was talking to my husband about that. We're both like, we didn't know each other in college. Definitely at all. <laughs> Thank God. Um, but we both were like, I was in a sorority and he was in a fraternity and, you know, living that life that you see just like in the movies. And I'm like, Thank God that Facebook, I, Facebook started when I was in college, you know, the Facebook and you had to have like an invitation to get in. And I'm sure it's the same experience that you're yeah. talking about too. But here's what sets you apart as a YouTuber. Yes, and I mean, this, me. I mean this with all respect and I am not a part of this at all. Yeah, so go for it. You have a real talent. Like you are an amazing singer songwriter. And if you think back, like Remember in the early days of like Tyler Ward and Sam Suey and Savannah mm -hmm. Uten and all these um, names I know. Yeah. Yes. And like Dawson's I was actually, in a Savannah Uten music video. I mean, yeah. So like these are all people that I would <gasps> talk to on the regular at Clever. Christina Grimmy, who I would definitely <sighs> yes. have considered like a friend. Um, and we've seen people like, which is crazy. You have to remember. I remember seeing Justin Bieber on freaking YouTube. You so know what I. I mean? And um, well, even so, Clever helps or like Selena Gomez and Clever to, like had some kind of like weird YouTube promo crossover back yeah. in the day when she like <laughs> started her YouTube channel. And she, yeah, we used to manage her YouTube channel. But with music specifically, there was this like moment in time where uh, what were those brothers? Those three brothers, Voice Avenue. Oh my God. Oh, I love them. Yeah, I loved yeah. them. But there was this moment in time where like YouTube covers. music, I feel like was the biggest thing. Covers were still allowed. Labels were like still <laughs> allowing it or navigating it. Yeah. And so many amazing people ended up like getting record deals or being able to be independent and really grow mm -hmm. their audience. I'm curious because I don't know for you, like, did you ever try to sign with a label or did you always want to do your own thing? And like, what was your relationship with like the whole cover thing? Because people yeah. were doing that. Like, I remember Savannah Uten used to post covers all the time and I live for them. And now I'm like, girl, 
Where's my daily cover? You know what I mean? But, but I know think- also people didn't even want to be doing covers necessarily. They would rather do their uh, own stuff. But then listen, people only want it. the covers. The constant, so- the constant back and forth and chitter chatter of musician YouTube. Um, you know, I so I started in 2006 and pretty quickly I started doing something I called the time request Tuesday and I would do them every week. And it was really just an opportunity for me to learn how to play guitar. I was so new to it. And so I thought, you know, people are leaving comments. I'll have them request songs they want to hear. And then it'll be like a fun themselves to play guitar. (laughs) (laughs) You spend a summer crying about a boy and you listen to a lot of Gavin DeGraw and you just, you figure out four chords and you just do them until your fingers stop hurting. (laughs) I I watched a lot of One Tree Hill. So I love me some Gavin DeGraw. (laughs) I I don't want to be a million boys. I would still not be able to play the guitar. So that's impressive in its own right. But. Thank you. I grew. I mean, I grew up. I grew up. There are pictures of me as like a toddler with like a fake little microphone, or like kind of performing around the house. So definitely, music was something that was around. But when I got to high school, I just I was you know I'm from a small town in Michigan. I was very limited on kind of my options of what I wanted to do. I was like I don't have a Broadway voice. I can't go. That's not a dream of mine. And um, and I didn't play really an instrument at the time. And so it just was something that was kind of on, you know, the back of my mind, something I enjoyed doing, or I liked, I liked listening to. And then once I picked up a guitar and YouTube sort of intersected the same moment, um, and I started putting stuff out there, seeing the reaction from people. I mean, early day, I mean, it's, you know, you go back and it's like, you cringe sort of at what you put out there at the time, but you know, I appreciate my little heart just trying to figure out what my voice was doing. And, uh, what? And how, also, how to communicate when you think about like at the time that the only music otherwise that you would normally have access to is like recording artists where it's all kind of like the same i mean yeah I'm, whatever you're listening to it doesn't all have to be the same but like that you wouldn't be getting that kind of raw like talent that you were seeing on youtube in that way yeah that, it's a different way to connect with the music i think I mean, early, early days, what I just started doing was, and this is, I mean, so much of what I did early days is what I continue to do. And it's worked for me, which I, I just sort of jumped That's into. You just worked. <laughs> Thank you. I just jumped into the community of musicians, really paid attention to what was going on. I mean, I think the first thing I ever did was, and I would never do this now, although this is essentially what TikTok became. So I'll take credit for it, which is <laughs> I would take videos of musicians that I really, really loved that were on YouTube. And then I would add my own harmonies on it and I would repost it. I would never do that now without permission. So you were Thank like God. duetting. Thank, I was duetting. Thank God that most of the people like David Choi and Kristen Danya and Frank Bell and all of these like musicians at the time were like, who's this girl? Uh, let's talk. And then eventually those became people, Mike Felzone, people that I started touring with, mm-hmm. became friends with. And from that side of it, I just learned early on, you know, YouTube and the internet is great, but there's so much more respect when you are able to go and play a show and able to be on stage or at least talk to people. Um, and so I just, I was very focused on making sure that I could play a show. I could travel, I could figure out touring, all those things. But it wasn't even always lifetime, just your bedroom. <laughs> no, it, uh, even in the lifetime of me doing music, the the process of it has changed so much. I remember like early days trying to figure out, okay, well, if, if I make a CD, if I, rec- if I go to a recording <laughs> studio, what does that look like? How much do I pay per hour? How can I get my friends to play on it? How many and, can I burn at one time? <laughs> yes. How, yeah, like how, do, how does one go about printing off a CD? I figured out how to do all that stuff, design, whatever, send it out, have the boxes shipped to my house, physical CDs, go, go on tour with friends. And 
I think of that stuff now and I'm like, who has the time? I, I think of like, like a movie I, scene when they get the box and they like rip it open and start pulling out the... I think, I know, I think of doing, having to figure out three new things and I'm like, oh my God, where, I mean, I was 19. I think I just had endless energy and I was, I was again in Michigan doing nothing. So let me figure out how to get out of here. And even in that time now, it's like, I can make a song right now. I can upload it to like DistroKid or some other platform and it can be live by the end of the week. And that is mind blowing to me. How totally. Many gone from just like into this world of digital music um it's you know it's it's it can be a nightmare but it's also like the greatest dream I mean all I ever wanted to do was share what I was doing and feel connected to other people in a way that I didn't in the small town I was in or in the body that I was in in particular Joss and I both grew up in it near LA so I feel like if I had any semblance of a good voice and <laughs> interest in being a singer, that wouldn't have been like instantly like, yeah. like waved off as like, oh, yeah, no, that couldn't happen. <laughs> because like, I mean, LA is 40 minutes away. Like, do you know whose parents could get you? I don't know. Mm-hmm. As if I know any like yeah, no, parents, no. But, 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 but in general that we just like, I feel like, it wasn't necessarily that I even had the opportunities, but that the opportunities were there enough that it wasn't as like frowned upon to mm. pursue more like art careers, I guess. Yeah. LOL, speak for yourself. My parents were like, we're never taking you to Hollywood. You are literally crazy. I, mean, I had a, my mom's I had a still friend. suggesting. I, she's like, what if you did this? I'm like, mom, I, I don't need a I'm job. I'm not talented. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I actually had a friend who lied to her parents and told them she was going somewhere and she went to American Idol idol auditions <gasps> instead but she didn't get chosen so you know oh, whatever but I, I love what you were kind of talking about Megan with like back in the day when I was growing up it was like Jessica Simpson Mandy Moore Britney mm-hmm. Spears and Christina Aguilera and they all looked exactly the same and made very similar kinds of music they've all grown and changed since then and I'm truthfully a diehard fan of all of them in their own rights but that is what I love about YouTube is it's like when we were kids growing up and the same goes for like all sorts of content, not just music. It was like, there were these people, these like chosen, mostly mm-hmm. like all old dudes yeah. who were like, you're going to Hollywood, you're going to be famous. And now it's like, nah, like if people like you, that's what matters. And, mm-hmm. you know, I look at some of the people that I love most, like Lily and I have loved Lizzo, for example, since like way before she was famous. Funny story. Mm -hmm. We used her song in one of our videos. This is like way before she hit it big. And we were listening to her song and dancing to it in the car. We played like the whole song in our YouTube video, which is not allowed. You get copyright (laughs) infringements. Her manager emailed us and was like, thank you so much for like pirating Lizzo's music illegally. (laughs) But I mean, that's like a long way of saying now it's like a choose your own adventure situation where who cares what these companies think? It's about like what the audience likes. Well, and that's even what I was getting to is that basically it's, it opened up this door that not only the actual like opportunity to upload and share with other people, but just giving people the opportunity to like, oh, I can do this and it could actually get me somewhere. Like Mm -hmm. that's something that someone in a small town, someone who maybe doesn't fit the image that is just like... stereotypical like pop star Mm -hmm. that you never would even go after it if you yeah I mean have this opportunity what I can say is I definitely 
I never had a vision of like, oh, I'm going to, now I'm doing music. So I want to be this. I want to be in Hollywood. Yeah. The fact that I live in Los Angeles is not helping paint that picture. And that I didn't plan this <laughs> in some kind of way. Right. But we're all stuck inside. So it doesn't matter. Um, just paying too much say, rent to be matter. inside. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think again, just honing back in like what I continue to do is I just went, I went with the, the, not the path of least resistance because there was plenty of resistance, but I just walked in a situation saying, I like doing this thing. I want to do this. Why can't I do this? And when I didn't find a good enough answer, beyond, oh, I've never seen it. And, or I don't know how to, that at the time wasn't good enough for me to just settle on. Oh, well, you know, I can't be it. I, you know, I was, I was a little bit of a ball buster. I think as a kid, even as a kid, my mom was always like the squeaky wheel gets the oil. So, you know, I just, I, I there's a little Midwest, little Midwest (laughs) for you, but I just, um, I, once I kind of got into this space and I started meeting other people that were doing YouTube, um, and I started to feel accepted in a way that I hadn't for things that, uh, you know, had been glossed over in my life Mm. in the, in the town that I was in the opportunity to be a newer, older, better version of myself and to really explore who that was is just something that lined up with this technology and this platform. And and all I've ever done are make things that make me cry, make me laugh, that I want to share in the same way that when I was 12 years old and I was making Buffy fan videos. Oh my gosh, you know, yes. I was like, or like Roswell <laughs> fan fiction that I, I felt the, the need to share. Um, it was the same feeling with YouTube. And now, you know, as you get older on the platform, it's definitely, I've had really cool opportunities and I've seen a lot of different sides of things. And, and what I've discovered more than anything are the things that I don't want more than the things that I do want. But that's um, important. You have to know what you also don't want. I think that's yeah, crucial. Because sometimes you feel like, especially with all these different platforms and, and you see other people that are sort of in the in the the sphere of what you're doing, but are doing it differently in a way that's not your your personality. It's hard to not compare yourself or think, oh, I should, I should do that. Like you see a lot of fat girls doing fashion stuff and jumping in and out of outfits for TikTok. And I really have to be real with myself sometimes and say, okay, but I this would take all day and I wouldn't enjoy it. Like right. this, isn't, this isn't, I can love fashion or I can love music or I could love whatever, but it doesn't mean I need to shift my personality or do it in the way that I think will do well if I'm not enjoying it. So I don't want to get, I don't want to get trapped into anything. I've seen too many YouTubers that play a character, you know, pl- do, do something and it works for so long. And then eventually they're like, I'm not speaking to any of my peers. I don't know how to communicate with other people. Yep. And I'm completely yep. lost and insecure about who I am. I don't want that. I don't, I never want to have to video where I have to like announce to my audience. I was pretending to be this all this time. This relationship seemed this way, but it wasn't. The I truth. want you to know that when I'm coming to you, I'm, I'm coming to you as a person that I am. And you've known who that is. That's why nothing's really shocking on my channel. Same. Green Chef is a USDA certified organic company that makes eating well, easy and affordable with plans to fit every kind of lifestyle with meal plans that include vegan, vegetarian, paleo, and keto. So how does Green Chef work? Well, Green Chef lets you choose from a wide array of easy to follow lifestyles with select organic ingredients. Recipes are quick and easy with step-by-step instructions, chef tips, and photos to guide you along. Everything is handpicked and delivered right to your door. Ingredients come pre-measured, perfectly portioned, and mostly prepped. Green Chef makes cooking easy with dinner options that work around your lifestyle, not the other way around. Like Green Chef do the meal plan grocery shopping, and most of the prep for you week after week. Recipes include pre-made measured sauces, dressings, and spices so you can get more flavor in less time. 
And I have personally tried Green Chef actually just last week. My box was delivered to my house and I made the most amazing flatbread with pesto and veggies. And honestly, I impressed myself and pretty much everyone else that was eating. So shout out to Green Chef for also making me seem like a chef. All in all, the meal I made took me probably 30 minutes to make. So go to greenchef.com slash overshare80 and use the code overshare80 to get $80 off across four boxes, including free shipping on your first box. Again, go to greenchef.com slash overshare80 and use code overshare80 to get $80 off across four boxes, including free shipping on your first box. Also, by the way, Green Chef is now owned by HelloFresh to offer a wider array of meal plans to choose from. There is something for everyone. I love switching between the brands for when my tastes change or when I want to eat a little differently for one month. And now our listeners can enjoy both brands at a discount with us. I think Joss and I, one, have lucked out that I think when people are like getting canceled on Twitter for stuff, mm -hmm. I'm like, crap, like, have I tweeted anything bad ever? Oh, and probably. You should just accept <laughs> the answers. Right? Yeah, yeah so exactly. I've even like gone back to look and I'm like, the thing that I lucked out is that, especially with Twitter, I didn't make it until I think I made it like 2009, but I probably didn't use it until I started working at Clever. So mm -hmm. I was working for a company. And if you're working for a company that is a digital media, but like, I'm obviously not going to be like, I'm not going to be like drunk tweeting like stupid things or just like, I don't know. Not until we stopped be, working there. And then that's right? when that well, I'm like trying to think of like things I would be doing in college that yeah. I wouldn't want. But like, I was always like, there was a reason that I needed to keep it relatively professional. And I think that that carries over into all the video. I mean, our videos yeah. are far from professional, but like <laughs> we never were doing anything that like the company wouldn't want on the internet. So it couldn't be that bad. Yeah. But I feel like I think it's gone. The key, the key, what I've experienced it, listen, I've seen a lot of people get canceled and I've, I've enjoyed dancing by the bonfire, you know, <laughs> I've like, I've warmed my hands on the plane. I plates. don't think cancel culture is actually, yeah, I've never actually seen anyone actually be canceled. Yeah. It's more of like, you just disappear for a few months and you come back with a new business opportunity. Yeah. Um, it's a vacation for most people. Yeah. I, I think <laughs> the, key, the key is how you deal with those situations when they pop up and Again, if you're communicating with your audience and they know your heart as much as anyone can on the internet, but like you're, you're transparent and they can see your growth and what you've been doing. When situations like that pop up, for the most part, I think you have to take responsibility for who you, who you were yeah. and what you said and understand where it came from and, and show your growth and your progress through what you've been doing since then. Yeah. Not the minute you're caught. Always, as these conversations are happening in any regard and you're learning, you should always be evaluating where you've been and moments where you thought, oh, I don't do anything like that. And you definitely have done things like that. So it, it's constantly having to evaluate and go back and, and make sure, test yourself against who you were and, and see the growth and, you know, let the cards fall where they may. People, you're not owed an audience. And so that can change at any point if they just don't like how you're going about yeah. things and maybe they'll find their way back and maybe they won't. But by the time they come back, you'll be a different person. And so what's the goal with what you're doing? Are you doing this just so you can be loved and you can feel the constant validation or are you just a person who's trying to become a better person and you happen to be using a platform for the talents or the interests that you have? 
I think that's I think that's interesting because you know, over the course of since 2006, there -hmm. have been many people that have come and gone. I'll find myself being like, oh my gosh, I forgot about that person on YouTube in 2010. What are they up to? And some people have been able to very seamlessly transition out of YouTube and do something Mm -hmm. else, go to like grad school or whatever. Um, And some people have kind of, you know, been forced out and, you know, just as times have changed and whatnot. Um, And I'm curious, like, for you, especially with like cancel culture, like it's been so prevalent just in the last, I would say year or so Mm -hmm. that it's been more mainstream. What are your thoughts in general? Like, do you think it needs to stop that it's something that we should just like rethink kind of, or do you think it's necessary to the platform? Like, I mean, I think what she was saying is like, take accountability for your stuff as it's happening. But like the thing with no one actually gets canceled. It's like, if you're a shitty person and stuff keeps happening, that people are canceling you. Yeah. Here's, here's the thing. I think that it's hard because the reaction of it is when you see something posted online and, and you, you, you understand why you're ups- why you're upset. Other people are upset. And the first instinct is, I don't want to see this anymore. I never want to hear about this again. I think that's your choice as a viewer, right? I think there's a step that goes further than that when all of a sudden you're getting doxxed, right? When you're, when you're out there now, now you hyper-focus. <laughs> you're hyper-focused on not just, it's like you need to let this person not just know that you're upset about what they did or said. You want them to be afraid of the consequences of your feelings about it to the point like that obsession, that hyper-focus, which I've experienced as like a woman on the internet and a fat woman on the internet, um, people creating entire message boards and, and, and trying to find out where you live and trying to threaten, you know, whatever that is. That's like a whole other. That's a, that's a, that's a deeper level. I would love so much (laughs) to, see just a 50 hour documentary on the psychology mm-hmm. of trolls and like yes. people that are devoting so much time to something that mm-hmm. supposedly bothers them so much. You're yeah. like, if something I mean, bothers you, turn it off. I <laughs> think, I think we all have an access point to empathy on that. Right. Because I think, and I think we're all experiencing a bit of that when the cancel, when we see something we don't like and we, we start going the extra step of, I hate this person, but I'm going to check their stuff every day. Yeah, like and I'm hate, gonna comment on everything. Watching. Yeah, exactly. And I'm gonna create fake accounts, and I hope I get blocked. I hope I get blocked. There, see, that's when you're I doing think the those step, things. Though, that's the difference. There's like a difference between like guilty pleasure hate watching and like yes, <clears throat> actively contributing to the hate that people are watching. But I think I think I think the hate watching in someone who's not actively evaluating like how they're internalizing that and and the entitlement maybe they feel in that situation or whatever they're distracting themselves from can be a really dangerous situation. And I think that we with cancel culture, when we talk about like there, here are the consequences for for what you've done, here are the conversations that are happening. There it's just like any kind of other reformative or restorative justice, right? There's no there needs to be something beyond it so we can make sure that those changes are happening and how we interact with that content. But like um, a progress update down the line. Yeah. Like we, we just burn, we, we burn ourselves out and people get burned out on this constant 
because it can go to like really nitpicky things. I do think that there are moments, and I just saw this uh, on Twitter with the, the Chrissy Teigen situation. That's oh happening gosh, right some now. of the, the people response. are mad that she even shared it. <laughs> and um, Smash Fizzle, who incredible author, love love her, was talking about you know just as something about um, how strong it is to to talk about things like this. So, so I'm summarizing that, and you can see that people received that message the way it was intended. You can see that people received that message in the way they heard it. And then you can also see that there, there are people that intentionally want to misunderstand something. 100%. To, to fight and to co- have conflict and to feel like I'm right. Yeah, you said that, but this. And I think we start to get in these areas where, okay, well, there's... This is this conversation is like an energy drain. Absolutely, or that they're not willing to have a conversation, <laughs> and the reason they're doing it is because they can be like, "I'm right, bye," and mm-hmm. then leave and not ever have the person respond because exactly someone like Chrissy. The, the the thing is, I have to take responsibility <clears throat> for myself as a creator and how I. Again, this is something that's coming as I'm getting older, and I'm still like breaking it down in my head. But as I'm responding to people. A few years ago, if you left some kind of response on my channel that was like, oh, I hate watching this, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. I'd be like, watch someone else, bitch. But, you know, it was just very like, you know, and I love that part of me. I love yes. there's, there's a time and place. That Scorpio heart is just like <laughs> raging. But um, I find myself now. And part of that is because of harassment and you just never know who you're saying that to, right? Like, am I saying that to just an average person? Or am I saying that to, to someone who now is going to stalk me or who is going to spend yeah. their entire, you know, so it takes another life. I, I want to be careful with what I'm putting out there. But when I'm responding to people, I just try to take my emotion out of it as much as I can. See what really is the conflict that's happening in the conversation we're having. And it doesn't have to be an agree to disagree situation at all. But there is... I can acknowledge what you're saying and still feel the way that I feel, especially when it's not rooted in dehumanization of other people. Mm-hmm. It's just that we've had some kind of different experience or understanding. And there's probably, again, an access point for empathy there that because it's the internet and it's everything's passing by, there's just, it's hard to have that nuance. And isn't that why I think about this a lot, even in kind of like what we were talking about before, I'm 38. Mm-hmm. And I saw, by the way, I saw you're like, I don't know how old you were, like 18 to 30, whatever you are on Twitter baby. the other day. And I'm just like aging and looking more amazing all the time. I see photos Thank of myself you. in high school and I'm just like, first off, what happened to my eyebrows? What is actually going oh, listen, on? Listen, all of our eyebrows, RIP. Mine didn't exist. They weren't tattooed on yet. Listen, <laughs> yeah, microblading will save your life. Okay, that's that's what I'm into. Best like, recommendation of the yes. <laughs> I think it just took me a decade to grow into my face. Well, whatever you're doing, happening. girl, it's well, working I mean, for also, you. Also, as you get older, you learn how to like do your makeup for your face. And I feel like just you understand what works for you more. Listen, I just I just moisturize and uh, I try not to fight with as many people on the internet. And I think it's helping. <laughs> there you go. I love that. I, I've seen even when, I mean, I've definitely also had, like you were all have sassy responses to them. But then I've also had times where I'll just be kind of bored. I'll like have just taken my Adderall and I'm like, Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, need, yeah, but I don't need to work yet and then I'll yeah, like, yeah. write a paragraph response but it's like actually very well thought out and like just mm-hmm. consider it and like takes their opinion but I'm like mm, but that's why this is wrong and blah blah Listen, I've and, had and- very constructive conversations with people that end <laughs> with them being like you know what you're right and I'm like 
do you know how validating <laughs> that is? Ten times more validating than just doing like, oh, fuck you, bitch. No, if you can change the mind of a troll, are you kidding? Yeah. That's like, I you know, you know, like, as long ever. as I, if I can be right in this conversation, I love it. <laughs> some love kind of win it. for the day. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I'm curious, like, You've met, and and it's so weird now, like YouTubers are like more famous than like Hollywood celebrities and more powerful than Hollywood celebrities. But like- Some of them wish they were and think they are. I'll tell you that. That is actually true as well. But like, what is your craziest YouTuber experience? Maybe like meeting someone that you were like obsessed with. Like Lily and I have so many people that we've nerded out over meeting over the years. Is there anything that like really stands out even from like, the early days because that yeah. was before that was before conventions so when you had the first opportunity to like meet michael buckley i was like yes. oh my gosh freaking out you know uh, i was so thankful you said that name because i was like there's so many names you could pop up right now of people that i don't even speak to anymore and i don't <laughs> i don't know if i could hide on my face how i feel um Mike, I mean, Michael Buckley is a perfect example. Uh, that was, he was someone I was watching and he used to um, unbox or open up mail on his like live blog TV. <laughs> oh. And I sent him a CD and he opened it and he played a few songs. I remember getting like 500 subscribers and I was freaking out. Um, I don't know what the weirdest part about this is. That you, yeah, know, you mailed him a CD. I like, mailed him. I mailed him a CD. He had something to play a CD on. I know. It's, I guess, I guess weird, weird, weird. It's probably not the word, but it is an example for sure of a situation where like it probably it should it it should it could have ended there but then we developed a sort of back and forth friendship and i used to just do this thing and it was more of like a musician tour thing like i need a place to stay but i would be like i'm playing in connecticut or i'm playing in california or i'm doing whatever and i would be like we should have a sleepover <laughs> <laughs> And then I would just like get in their home. <laughs> don't don't try to. It would That's never amazing. happen. But I like remember waking up in the guest room of Michael Buckley's house with like his, his one of his little dogs coming in to greet me, <laughs> and like watching Project Runway with him and his then husband at the time, like eating food and like practicing our walks. And it was so surreal to me because again, it's someone that I'm in community with, but I, that I look up to, that I watch, and I feel like I've had a lot of those experiences. I've had a lot of experiences. Um, that were just it, unexpected with musicians that I covered that I would end up working with or touring with. Like or being, who? Who? Um, Ron Pope was someone that he has a song called Dropping an Ocean, Dropping the Ocean, which is uh, very popular, very popular in a lot of dance shows, I feel like, too. Um, and he was someone I covered and people, so many people sent him the cover that he reached out to me while he was on tour. He was like, well, who are you? What is this? And a few months later, when he needed an opening act uh, and someone had fallen out, he said, do you want to come on tour? And that's how I got to Los Angeles. Hoodie Allen was another person that I did a cover of and um, he enjoyed it so much that when he went on Conan O'Brien, he invited me to sing backup. And then when he was in New York working on his album, I was there shooting a show at the time that never, never aired. One of the many things that oh, we've all been there. Done. We've yeah, all been just, there. You're like, oh, there's 10 episodes of a show somewhere <laughs> where I traveled for a year and uh, I got paid, thank God. Um, and uh, he invited me to hang out in the studio and I ended up tracking and putting down vocals for a few of the songs. So a lot of experiences like that where I'm just like, I am, this is out of body. I don't know what's happening. But you know, it's so, it's funny too that you even said you met so many of your friends online. Lily always says we should do a show that's like we met online because, you know, people like, for example, um, like Grace Helbig, huge mm -hmm. fans of hers for like years and years. And I'll never forget when Lily first met her and was like so excited. Oh my gosh, I met. And now, you know, to like be friends with her. And there's like so many people like that 
you know, online now, but I'm trying to think like, who would I really, who is out there right now that I would really like to meet? Does anyone pop into your mind? Like even a TikToker or something? Cause you're on TikTok too. I am. I did join TikTok. I mean, I'm not quite at the point where I know anyone's names. I just follow a lot of like cute babies. And uh, (laughs) I mean, it's just such a different experience depending on your for you page. Right. Yeah. (laughs) That is true. Um, Someone that I would like to meet, you know, I, I haven't met her in person yet, but I did make a video where I talked a little shit about mm. Jamila Jamil and uh-huh. it wasn't like about her partic- in particular. It was more so just something had happened and it was in the plus size community. And I was very like, I don't, I don't agree with this. I don't like how this is being said, you know, very mm-hmm. reactive, but we ended up having a really good conversation back and forth over it. Now, oh, you this, and Jamila ended Jamila. up having a... Oh, we had, yeah, we, oh had like a back, we had a cool. back and forth. And so uh, we... That es- that escalated into now when people will come to que- to Jamila with questions about things and there are like a, a host of kind of fat activists and people that she'll shout out. I tend to be in that group. Um, that's awesome. And that's and that's that's even gone to like now there's a there's a bit of a back and forth between us, even just personally, and then the opportunity of us possibly doing something in the future that we'll we'll see when it, what happens, how nothing nothing too big, but like something cool. It's just very full circle of like sometimes you talk shit, you know, sometimes you disagree. And because she was so gracious in the kind of back and forth that we had, we both walked away having a much better understanding of why I was upset, what she could learn, how we could communicate with that. Um, And that's definitely changed how I talk about things when I'm focused on like news stories and stuff Mm -hmm. on my channel. Um, And just like not being so reactionary in my, in my feelings about it, but really stepping back and being able to say, this is how I'm reacting to it. But also I see you know, the nuance, the, the variety of where this could come from. And, um, and then to have like more of a personal back and forth connection now is pretty cool. And so, and, and, you know, uh, that's a new experience for me. I was so used to like early days walking in and because you're like the first person there, you just, you develop these instant sort of friendships or connections or because you see each other at so many things. Um, and so finding things that maybe wouldn't have turned out so well, turning into actual opportunities to work together and, 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 change how people speak about each other and about themselves online is very cool even you talking shit about someone i'm sure you weren't doing it in a malicious gossipy (laughs) way so i think that you're someone that even if you're pointing someone out like calling someone out for doing something that they're willing to have the conversation with you because you're having you're doing it in a constructive environment yes let me clarify it wasn't me being like fuck this girl and the outfit she's wearing right so it was it wasn't quite that when i do when i my talking shit which is i just feel like sometimes it's me i'm just very emotionally charged and i'll just say what i'm thinking right away and and you know if i thought a little thought a little bit more about it or i had a conversation where someone pushed back on me maybe i could give a little bit more nuance but sometimes i definitely say something and say some things and they're very to the heart like you know, they're, they like, they get they think. get in, yeah, they get in there, and um, not everyone reacts to that very well, which they they don't have to. But what I said is the truth. That's so. what I was going to say. People <laughs> don't like the truth. Sometimes it's scary. Yeah. Well, it yeah. shows a big person if they can react to it and have a conversation and not be immediately like. Yeah, and I, and I think I think the uh, also the broader understanding of, and this is how I look at. I become better at this when people respond to me. If I say something, you know, because this is like this long running thing of like, if I say I like 
oranges, you know, people are going to fight with me about, but what about fucking apples and watermelons and everything? Right. Of course. Yeah. So there's, there's that, but having that understanding of like how I've experienced things happening and how I'm responding and communicating with the person in the moment and the emotion has helped me when people respond to me on things and I can see they're very upset or they're like, you know, they, they've read it in a certain way that's really set them in a direction um, to just take a second and understand, okay, there's a mental state that's happening here. Mm-hmm. There's something else that's going on that does include me, but also includes whatever trauma came before, whatever other conversations are going on that day. And so it forces me to just tap a little bit more into the empathy and the compassion that I have for other people who also are just trying to communicate on a platform where we're all screaming at each other all of the time. (laughs) And that's, I think when I found it to be like having constructive conversations, I feel like I even have like flat out acknowledged that I'm like, I can tell that you're really upset. I can Mm -hmm. tell that this has made you upset in some way, blah, blah. And just even acknowledging it is like, they have to like pause and they're like, wait, someone's actually listening to me because yeah. they are just kind of used to like screaming into the void. Yeah. And you got to be careful too. Cause some people will take that and they'll twist that too. And they'll oh, start gosh. condescending people in a way, you know, people will take those very good ways of communicating and use them to gaslight other people or to stop a conversation. And I think it's just, you have to understand that For most of you, especially when you're creating something, you're putting stuff online, is something I'm realizing too, is you're not yelling into the vacuum in the same way that everyone else is because you are seen as having a platform. That doesn't change necessarily in um, what you believe and what you're saying, but it definitely adds another layer of responsibility of like, let me just make sure that what I am saying, I at least know or I'm open to changing my understanding of Mm -hmm. in a public space because that's where I'm bringing it. We could talk to you forever. I feel like we did not have a game plan or like no. any groundwork for this episode. And we talked about so many different things. <laughs> and this conversation has just like brought me so much to think about, so much joy. Yeah. Um, and speaking of joy, would you like to stick around for our final segment? Sure. Great. So long, farewell. I hate us so much more now. Okay, so in this final segment, what we do is we each just share. It's called share well. So we overshare, share something and say farewell. (laughs) Um, Anything, literally anything that brought you joy this week. It could be like your favorite taco or it could be like Michelle Obama's book. It could literally be whatever you want it to be. So Lily, do you want to kick us off? What brought you joy this week? I think you should kick us off. Okay. First off, I have so much upper lip sweat right now. It's not even funny. <laughs> I know. We need to wrap this up so we can turn the know, air back on. I know. I know. Um, what brought me joy this week is that I have been revisiting my longtime obsession with crystal light. And, you know, I've been struggling to drink water, which I know is so stupid. I try to drink a lot of water, but it just doesn't come easily to me because I'm like, I would rather just have 75 cups of coffee. But apparently that's not good for you. It just doesn't (laughs) taste good. No. So uh, as silly and trivial as it is, I feel like this is really improving my uh, physical life because as a human being, you do need water. So this is not a brand deal for crystal. This is not a brand deal for crystal light. But if they want to spawn me, they can. And I can also confirm that it tastes great in margaritas. So there you go. (laughs) What about you, Megan? What's brought you joy this week? I mean, I find joy every day. Um, How? Uh, I don't. Well, I don't know where she is, but there's a dog in here somewhere. I, I was going to ask you about your dog. Come over here. 
not, I mean, not my dog. So not listening to me the way that she should be, but, um, <laughs> it's okay. my I, dog wouldn't listen uh, my to roommate, his name. <laughs> my roommate recently adopted a dog, a little chihuahua mix oh. and I'm in love with her. I, my, at the beginning of the year, I had to put down my 11 year old shit too. Oh gosh. Um, right I, your before, posts yeah. about it were literally just, I, they were tearing me apart. Yeah. And listen, and I posted that so quickly after it happened too, because I knew that announcing that I was going to, people were going to be upset and I just needed them to know. So I could not be online for a minute. Yeah. Like, okay. Um, I'm going to just leave this here and go. my little baby, but yeah, I've been, so she's been a big joy, but also I have recently been watching gossip girl for the first time. For the first, first time. time? The first time. So, I'm so jealous of you. <laughs> I know. I, I know. I knew of gossip girl, right? Like I'd seen some fan videos, some Chuck Blair fan videos and like, you know, XOXO, XOXO gossip girl. And so I started watching, watching it i'm in season six currently oh wow and I, and I love season oh. six we're, oh. we're at the end oh okay and i i love spoilers i'm I've, no one i feel like no one else like me but i love spoilers and so i spoiled myself on who gossip girl is watching that show knowing who gossip girl is oh no i would love that kind of spoiler is, if it's gonna change the narrative then yes sign me i'm up. looking at spoiler alert dan and i'm like you are out of your mind. Oh, also, I wish I'd known like before you started because have you seen the TikToks of people watching it and seeing like weird like continuity errors? Oh yeah, I have. I have. It'll actually. be like Serena is like has a dress on and she'll like get up from a table and goes where she has little jeans on the bottom, like pulled down on the bottom. So, Serena is a continuity error. Okay. Yes. No, she is. Serena like, is the most on. insufferable. Don't even get me started. And this is why I find joy in it because I get to yell at my TV and I feel like I'm being social in a time where the only person I've talked to in eight months is my roommate. And I'm just yelling. He comes in. He, has, he doesn't care about gossip at all. And I'm like, okay, this is what Blair did today. And then Serena did this. And then Chuck's mom showed up. And and, and he's getting like full breakdowns for the episodes. I'm having so much fun. You've like drafted up coverage of each season. <laughs> I did. I'm just, listen, I, if I'm not screaming about Serena and how she makes no sense at the begin, at the end and beginning of every episode... Something I mean, is wrong. That yeah, show in wrong. general, like when you realize they're supposed to be in high school, you're like, they've been drinking in bars since day one. Everyone here just, is 28 years it's, old. It's absurd. <laughs> and they actually are like in their like late 20s when they're in. Uh, if, if Serena could just stop sleeping with married men and politicians and dads, like it's oh my just, God. it would be me. really great. I know. <laughs> well, actually, then that actually it reminds me of mine. What did bring me joy this week is watching season two of 1015. Oh, <laughs> have either of you seen it? No, I haven't. But you no. told me that season one was so good. And is season two as awkward in a good way? I, I mean, so I avoided obviously. watching it in the beginning for a while because I didn't realize that it was 1015 was penis. I thought it was like some kind of like a science fiction <laughs> uh, so, show so or something. So I don't sweet. know. So then I finally realized what it is. And I don't know how to describe it other than it's like just like a weird trauma flashback fever dream yeah. <laughs> of your middle school years and everything embarrassing you've ever done but like didn't think anyone knew about but uh, then someone's suddenly calling you out years later and you're like wait they feel very feel very attacked and a little uncomfortable oh it is insane like if it has not happened to you and it's all like some of it's a little exaggerated, but most of it isn't. And I think that's what hits so hard is that it's literally like, if you haven't experienced it, you know, someone that has, yeah. and just the way they 
because it's also like 30 year olds playing playing 15 year olds yeah, 12 year olds but then they're 15 Fif- no, are they 15 no I it's they were younger. Pe- penis it doesn't have anything to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> I, there's, they're in like uh i think they're in like eighth grade Listen, so like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to relive middle school in any kind I, of way. It's weird because it brought me joy because it's so funny because it's like, it's like repressed memories that you didn't even realize that I'm like, oh, wow, that just okay. unlocked way too much. But then also it's like uncomfortable, but I just, it literally, it's like a mix of nostalgia, cringe, and just like, oh my God, how did they get inside my brain? <laughs> I mean, listen, all, all we can do is look for joy. One hundred percent. It was I a nice agree. break from my normal uh, murder documentaries. So, <laughs> uh, and I, lo- I feel like we would have so much fun because I love a murder documentary. <laughs> I mean, uh, there's a there's a new one on HP. No, FX. Wait, we just started. Okay, what's it called? Do we know? No, look it up. I don't remember. Just what it's go called. Google it's murder name. documentary and FX. I've watched them all. Listen, if I give any shout out, you need to watch Cold Justice. That is my show. Two like fifty year old women go into small towns looking at cold cases, solving them in a week or less. It's Wait, so is it real? It, that could be us. Yes, <laughs> it's called Cold Justice, and there's like four seasons. I love it. Oh, I'm sign obsessed. me up, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> I've been working on like an hour long um, Jeffrey Epstein documentary that uh. I'm putting on my YouTube channel, and it's taking too long because I just I. I could spend so long researching that stuff that I feel like I would never be the person that solves the cold cases because I just get they would too get deep. solved. It, it would be like, oh yeah, I'll be back to you in five years. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, Megan, thank you so much for coming on our podcast. Um, it was so fun to see you to see people. That's why we love doing this show. <laughs> I looked at my like, uh, time code. I'm like, well, this is hands down. You win for longest episode. Longest episode. <laughs> longest episode. I and mean, it could be five different episodes within one. So good actually, luck got less to I'm like, Melissa, our producer, do you hate us or love us? Yeah, <laughs> don't answer parted. yet. <laughs> um, for people who, I don't know, are living under a rock and don't know who you are, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at Megan Tonjes, M-E-G-H-A-N-T-O-N-J-E-S on most things. Uh, Never I've said that on, before. <laughs> I, have, I have music on Spotify that you can listen to and stream. And um, I have a lot of videos on body positivity and just, um, you know, calling out bullshit. So come And now. hopefully a project coming very soon or something yes. with Jamila uh, Jamil. I, I, well, yeah, well, we'll see. I might be on something at some point saying hi. We'll see oh what happens. Oh my gosh. Okay. But, well, um, yeah, you don't fix it. I sure uh, hope yeah. so. <laughs> it's happening at some point. <laughs> um, and I have uh, a podcast called Adventures in Roommating and a podcast called No Lies Detected and probably more podcasts come over this pandemic break. Please do. Please do. Um, well, thank you again for coming on. And for all of you guys listening, thank you so much for being here. And if you're listening to this as a podcast, we will be on YouTube next week. And uh, I guess this episode is over. So... Oh, also, speaking speaking of being oh. over if you have something you're over uh please call the phone number that jocelyn's about to read to you that is right if you guys want to be a part of our little show please call us at 562-661-8729 and share what you are over in three minutes or less and now this episode's really over goodbye bye <laughs> Thank you.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.